listening to the Forefront Church Podcast in New York City, where our vision is to see lives, neighborhoods, and our city renewed through Jesus. Do you know what our most precious resource is? Our most precious resource. It's America's most precious resource. It's attention. Attention, that's America's most precious resource. America's most precious resource is attention. Think about this. We have a million different things screaming for our attention. I was checking out Christina Daniels' Facebook feed the other day. She's here, and I'm going to call her out. Christina, you are going to every event that is ever happening in New York City every single day. There are all these things that I see, and every single thing that Christina posts, I go, I want to go to that. I want to go to that. That has my attention. I'm going to do that. And I checked my calendar, and now I have seven things happening on each day because there is so much in this city that gathers, that asks for, that wants our attention, right? Attention is our most precious resource. We want uh, to get the attention of other people too, don't we? We absolutely want the attention of other people. We want the next venture capitalist to hear about our great idea, right? We want that person to give us a lot of money, millions of dollars, please, right? We want the attention of that one person who could become our soulmate. We want the attention of our children when they're running down the street and you think they're going to run in the middle of the road. We want our attention when it comes, we want to, uh, to people to, to, to listen to us, to pay attention to us. Hey, what? look at me, look at what I'm doing. Uh, please listen to my music and, and look at my writing and, and uh, you know, here, pay attention, pay attention to me. That's what we do. Social media. I mean, we have ways to measure attention with social media. We have ways that we can count our likes, we can count our comments, we can count the little hearts that are now on Instagram, we can count the amount of shares, we can count uh, the ways that people pay attention to us. There are some people in this room right now who their job is to figure out the best ways to get attention on social media. That is the job. It's the analytics, right? I find that fascinating. Like, to me, that's like a really big deal. I, I sort of want that job sometimes. But um, that we, we, we have jobs where we uh, want to make sure that we're getting enough attention. You guys, you guys, anybody follow this history and pictures on Twitter? Anybody follow that? Am I the only one? History and pictures. Two 17-year-old kids started history with, in pictures. They have uh, 3 million followers, and they are both worth millions of dollars in advertising right now because... They have figured out how to get people's attention. Attention is our greatest resource. It is our greatest commodity. It's what we have. And if you're here today, in some capacity, in some way, Christ has your attention, or Jesus has your attention. You give some attention to to Christianity, to the Christ-following way. You give some attention to Scripture and what it means to live in Christ, right? This is how you or what you've given attention to. And so it's on this Sunday, it's on this Ascension Sunday, uh, which is kind of a high church Sunday, and Ben did a nice job with his his band, excellent job, uh, that we talk about what it means to bring attention to this Jesus Christ. That's what we talk about. On this Ascension Sunday, we celebrate the mystery of Christ ascending into heaven. We celebrate the mystery of, of the fact that um, the, the disciples are like, Hey, uh, Jesus, what are you doing? And Jesus is like, I'm going to go up to heaven. And they're like, wait, wait, aren't you going to defeat the Roman Empire? And they're like, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm going to bring my spirit, and I'm going to have you be my witnesses. And then he says, go be my witnesses in a bunch of different places. That's what he says. 
Okay, and so we celebrate today the mystery of Jesus ascending into heaven, but this mystery of, of, the, of the Spirit being here with us, right? The mystery of the Spirit uh, inhabiting us and forming us and, and asking us to bring attention to the good news of Jesus Christ. Okay, that's what Ascension Sunday is all about. It's saying, you are now charged to bring attention to the good news of Jesus Christ. What's another word for bringing attention to the good news of Jesus Christ? Well, another word for that is evangelism. How many people have heard this word evangelism before? Evangelism, yeah. How many people have good feelings when they hear this word evangelism? Nobody. You know why? We all, insert your own evangelism story right here, right? Insert it right here. What is it? What's your evangelism story? How about, oh, three weeks ago, I'm, I'm on the Q train, and it was from DeKalb to Canal that a woman would not stop in my train car about like how everybody's going to hell. The entire train car was going to hell, me included. It was pretty amazing. That is what I think of when I think of evangelism. I think of, of, of the women on the train. I think of the person who, who sits down next to you while you're eating and goes, hey, if you were to die today, do you know where you're going? Right? That's sort of what we think of when we think of evangelism. Right? It's this thing that calls attention. Uh, and that, but, but evangelism is, is like the, the calling attention to the good news of Jesus Christ, and yet it has this terrible uh, 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 connotation to it. It's got a really bad connotation to it. So what do we do? What do we do as a church? If we're called to live out this Ascension Sunday, if we're called to bring attention to the good news of Jesus Christ, if we're called to be evangelists, what do we do? What is the church doing? Because our church is doing it too. We're trying to bring attention to what's going on here. So what do we do? Uh, when we started this church, I uh, emailed 20 pastors and I said, what do you think I should do in order to get people's attention? And one pastor said, spend all of your money on lights and sound. All of your money on lights and sound. Um, and, you know, I think about that's a way that we get people's attention. There are churches in this city that do that, that spend all their money on lights and sound, and they're loud. I was having a conversation with the pastor of one of these churches this week, and I said, how did Mother's Day go? And he goes, oh, man, we didn't have a drummer, so we weren't as loud as I wanted to be. And I was like, we had Electro Sunday with Ben Grace. Like, you know, like, you know, so, but this is what we do, right? We want to get people's attention through lights and through sound, and through laughter, and this is one of the ways we do it. But when the sound disappears, and the lights disappear, and there's no substance there, we lose people's attention. There are other churches in this city who, um, they offer a lot of hope, right? And, and I, I'll take it a step further, I'll call it false hope in some ways. They offer a hope that, hey, if we, if we believe in Jesus Christ, um, then what ends up happening is that, is that we're rewarded in certain ways. And we have these rewards, and a lot of the times they're, they're earthly rewards. And I've fallen into this trap. I think we've all probably fallen into this trap before. When I was 13, 14 years old, I was certain that if I just believed in God the right way and loved God the right way, that eventually a dirt bike would come into my life. I was positive. <laughs> That that might be the case. And the truth of the matter is, is when the dirt bike doesn't come and the money doesn't come and the new job doesn't come and the security doesn't come, well, then that loses our attention. The truth of the matter is the church is losing people. There was a study that came out that said 9 million people have left the mainline church since 2007. Evangelicals are, far be, are not far behind. So what is it? If we're called to bring attention to the good news of Jesus Christ, and yet we have these bad connotations, and yet people are leaving, yet we're, what, what, what is it that we have to do? I think we have to look at this word evangelism. What kind of attention are we trying to bring? This word evangelism in the Greek is split up into two parts, okay? 
It's Evangelion, right? Evangelion, two parts, and it means messenger of good news. It means messenger of good news. Well, I don't know. Has the church, have we been messengers of good news? Is the church known for what it's for or what it's against? Are we messengers of good news? And is it possible that we can bring the right kind of attention to not only our church, but to Jesus Christ? Is it possible that we can be messengers of good news? Is it possible we could take what is abrasive and what feels uh, like an awful thing, and is it possible that we can make it um, you know, life-changing? Is it possible that we can make it restorative? Is it possible that it can bring renewal? Is it possible that we can bring new attention to this word evangelism, new attention to this word Jesus? Here's how I think we do it. I think we do it by changing the way we think about evangelism, by bringing attention. I think that is, I think, I think the truth is we, we, we don't evangelize. Evangelism is not getting somebody to believe something or getting somebody to do something. Evangelism is us becoming something more. That's what it is. Evangelism is not getting people to believe something, not bringing attention to the thing we believe. Evangelism is about us, you and me, becoming something more. And how does that happen? How do we become something more? How do we begin to call attention in new ways? A couple weeks ago, I heard a great story. It's a story that has impacted my life. And I want to tell you this story as well. And this story happens a couple thousand years before Jesus even ascends into heaven. Okay? But it's a story that I think explains to us, tells us, shows us the way we evangelize, the way we become messengers of good news, the way we bring attention to the good work of Jesus Christ. And so if you guys have your iPhone apps, uh, you can scroll with me to 1 Kings chapter 19. Some of you guys are like, first, I don't even know where that is. Others of you are like, I don't even know 1 Kings chapter 19 is in the Bible. It is. We're going to scroll to it right now. Good times. So it's about this guy. So what the story I want to tell you is about this guy. It's about this guy named Elijah. Okay? Elijah was a prophet. He was a prophet of the Hebrew God. And he was there to bring attention to God uh, for the people of Israel. And the people of Israel wanted nothing to do with Elijah and nothing to do with the Hebrew God, our God. They didn't want anything to do with that God at all. And, and what they wanted was they wanted to, to be a part of this new God. His name was Baal. And so they wanted to be a part of this new God, Baal, and they wanted to be a part of what this new God, Baal, was doing. And so what happened is the followers of Baal and the prophets of Baal started killing off all the prophets of the Hebrew God. And so all that was left was just Elijah. Elijah was the only one left. And the, uh, scripture tells us there was 450 prophets of Baal plus Baal's followers that were chasing down Elijah. And so Elijah's this last one left. He's trying to bring attention. And this was what scripture tells us in, in 1 Kings 19. It says, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. And when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. And while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom brush. He sat down under it and he prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. And later on, while praying to God, he says, You know, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. We talked a little bit about this last week. If you were here last week, we talked about the fact that there are times when we say, Jesus, what are you telling me? 
I don't hear your voice. I'm at my wit's end. I've tried to get people's attention. It's simply not working out the way I thought it would be. And now I am stuck. I'm at my end and I don't believe any longer. I can no longer move. I can't hear your voice. I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what to do. And we feel lost. We feel defeated. And the truth of the matter is, there's a God who speaks to us with the same voice as this mysterious Holy Spirit. The truth of the matter is there's a voice that speaks to us. And the truth of the matter is there's this voice that speaks to Elijah. And this is the part that I want you to focus in on because this is how I think we get people's attention. This is how I think we bring attention to the good work of Jesus Christ. This is what has changed my life. So I'm going to read it. This is how uh, God responds. God says, Elijah, you have my attention. God says, Elijah, you, you, uh, you have my attention to the point where I am going to physically pass by you. I'm going to physically pass by you. And so let's read how God physically passes by Elijah. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in that wind. And after the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in that earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in that fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper, a whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face, and when he he went out, stood at the mouth of the cave, and the voice said to him, Elijah, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? It was a whisper. Does a whisper, does a whisper get your attention? Does a whisper get your attention? If we're going to be evangelists, if we're going to be messengers of good news, is it possible that the voice that brings that good news is a whisper? Is it possible that the voice that brings good news is not in an earthquake, it's not in the winds, it's not in the hurricanes, it's not in the fires, it's a whisper? Is that possible? Evangelism is not about us telling people to believe something. It's about us becoming something more. And the way we become something more usually happens through a whisper, through the whisper of God. And so what happens to Elijah is Elijah hears this whisper and he hears it. And what happens is God says, Elijah, listen, you're not alone. There's actually 7,000 of you. I've raised up 7,000 of you who are going to, to, to get attention for me. You guys are going to testify about me, and you're going to defeat the 450 prophets, and Baal's not going to be a thing anymore. I, you have my attention, and this attention, the way that I am, the way that I operate is not through the earthquake, it's not through the wind, it's not through the fire, it's through, through the whisper. That's how you're going to get attention. That's how it's going to happen. So I have to ask you a question. Can you hear the whispers? Are you willing to stop and listen to the whisper? But I have a million events, and I have seven things on my calendar for one day, and Celebrate Brooklyn is free things going on all the time. Can you hear the whispers, though? But work, you know, I, if, I, if I don't keep working, I'm not going to make it here. I'm going to have to move back home, but can you hear the whispers? But, you, you know, I, I don't... There's so much going on in my life right now, and I have this relationship, and my kids are crazy enough, but... But can you hear the whisper? Are you taking time to listen to the whisper? Because it's in the whisper that we get people's attention. 
I once said that, um, that busyness is not a badge of achievement. I said busyness is a sign of failure. And if we're not stopping to take the time to hear the whispers, we are failing. We are failing. If we're not stopping to take the time to see what God is doing in our lives, if we're not taking the time to listen to what that still small voice might be saying, if we're not taking time to maybe pray through what, what we want to talk to God about, and, and the praying doesn't have to be this eloquent, beautiful thing. I'm a terrible prayer. I'm awful. It could be this guttural, this reactive, this conversation, whatever you want it to be, but are you taking time to hear the whisper? Are you taking time to hear it? Are you taking time to read scripture like First King that sometimes can make no sense, but in the midst of like the craziest thing, all of a sudden is like, wow, that's powerful. That hit me. That is God's whisper. Are we taking time to understand that when we stop to hear the whispers, we become messengers of the good news. We become evangelists. We get people's attention. Are you taking time to hear the whispers? And if you're taking time to hear the whispers, I gotta ask you, are you changing? Are you changing? When we were first started as a church, it's going to be three years in September. When we first started, we, uh, we liked to party. We had a lot of parties together. Those of you who are here know that. We, we partied a lot. We had a lot of fun together. We hung out a lot together. Uh, and that was great. And I'm glad we started that way as a church because we created a community and we created a camaraderie. And about, uh, um, uh, I don't know, about 18 months ago, uh, somebody came up to me and they said, hey, can I meet with you? And I said, yeah, let's meet. And they said, hey, uh, I'm leaving the church. And I said, why are you leaving the church? And they said, I'm leaving the church because when we first started, it was so much fun and we hung out together and there was camaraderie and community and it felt great. Um, um, But now you're asking me to do more. Like now you're asking me to get involved. Now you're asking me to pray. You're asking me to like invest in people. I don't have time for that. So I'm just gonna, I gotta leave the church. And I was like, man, that crushed me. And the reason it crushed me was because this person didn't want church. They wanted community and they didn't want growth. They didn't want change. And if we're the same people right now that we were two years ago, then maybe this church isn't doing its job. And if we're the same people right now that we were two years ago, maybe it's time for us to stop and hear the whisper. And if we're going to do our best as a church, if we're going to be a church that, that lives out this vision to bring restoration and renewal, then maybe it's time for us to challenge one another to change. Maybe it's time for us to challenge one another in our selfishness. Maybe it's time to, for us to challenge one another in, in the issues that we have, in the ways that we're not measuring up, in the, in the sin stuff that we have going on in our lives. If we're listening to the whispers, and the whispers are asking us to change, and as a church, it's our job to grow. It's our job to change one another. I want to sit here a year from now, and I want to say that, Everybody out here is completely different than what they were a year ago. That's what I want to have happen. Are we changing when we listen to the whispers? Because what happens is if we're changing, if we're changing, then that gets people's attention. If we're changing, then we truly become the messengers of the good news. And so the question that I have to become is if we're changing, then are we willing to whisper to others? Are we willing to whisper to other people? Last week... Juby and I were in a commercial. It was very exciting. Um, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about that, really. Um, but anyway, uh, the reason we were in this commercial is because Stefan Tella, uh, who's a leader here at our church, um, she was working, and uh, they said, hey, we went ordinary people. And she's like, I know ordinary people, my pastor and his wife. And so we, uh, we went in, and we did this commercial with Steph's uh, employees, 
And so uh, Steph's co-worker came up to us, and uh, he was talking to us about what we should expect and what we're going to do, and talked to us about like, some of the things we might say or some of the ways we might act and all of this. Um, and so it was great, and we're listening to him, and we're waiting for the set to be built where we're going to shoot this commercial. And, uh, and then he, he says to me, uh, Steph's co-worker says to me, he goes, hey, listen, you're a pastor. I know you're a pastor. He goes, I need to tell you something. He goes, uh, he goes, Steph walks into this job every day with a peace that I don't think I've ever seen anybody else have. And he was like, it's amazing. She just walks in and there's a peace. And he goes, Steph walks into this job and the spirit that she has is a spirit that I don't think I've ever seen anyone else have. And he goes, it's a spirit that's just incredible. And he says to me, he goes, if your church has anything to do with that at all, then I need to say thank you. That's what he said. That's whispering. That's what it means to whisper to others. That's what it means to be messengers of the good news. That's what it looks like when we say that our most precious commodity is attention. And if we're going to live out Ascension Sunday to be messengers of the good news, we do it by whispering to others. Whispering happens in a bunch of different ways. I think of our good friend Eddie Jodesty who, who will hang out with somebody and he'll say to somebody, hey, there's this church that's changed my life and I think it could change your life too, so you should probably come. That's what he does. And then there are people who just sit there and have dinner and then, uh, with, with other people and there are people that just you know, go to happy hour with, with a coworker. There are people who are better listeners, way better listeners than they are advisors. And that to me is what it means to whisper. That's what it means to whisper. Um, there's a great story that's told by Aaron Sorkin, the writer, and he says that a man felt, falls down a hole, and he is stuck down there, and then a doctor comes by, and he goes, hey, doc, can you help me? And the doc writes out a prescription and throws it down the hole. And then a priest comes by, and he goes, priest, can you help me? And the priest writes out a prayer and throws it down the hole. And then this guy's friend Joe comes by, and his friend Joe comes by, and he says, Joe, can you help me? And Joe jumps down into the hole. And the guy's like, hey, Joe, now we're both down here. And Joe goes, yeah, but I know the way out of here. I've been down here before. That is the whisper. That's the whisper. That's being with somebody, being a couple steps ahead because you have not heard the voice of God in the thunder and in the wind. You have not heard the voice of God in the earthquakes. You have been able to listen to the whisper and you've been changed. And you're able to change others because of it. That is evangelism. That is Ascension Sunday. That gets people's attention. Getting people's attention, evangelism, is not you getting someone to believe something. It's you becoming something more. Here's what I believe. I believe that God has called our entire church to grow. I believe that God has called our entire church to become something more. I believe that. I believe that God's called this place to be filled up. I believe it. And if that's the case, then we know who these people are in our lives. We know they're our neighbors. We know they're the people that are our coworkers. We know they're the people in our city. We know they're the people that are right outside. We know who they are. Are we messengers of good news? Are we afraid to be messengers of good news? Here's what's going to happen. Right now, we're going to take communion. And there are going to be people who are going to come up here in a few minutes after I pray. And they're going to um, you know, hold the cup and they're going to hold the bread. And you're going to dip the bread in the cup. And, and what's going to happen is you're going to come up and you're going to celebrate the fact that, that it's through this grace of Jesus Christ, through Christ's death and resurrection, that we can even talk about the Spirit being upon us. We can even talk about this mystery. And we could talk about the fact that the same Spirit that was with Elijah is with us today, right? 
So when you come up, I want you to, I want you to, to challenge yourself. When you come up, maybe you haven't taken the time to listen. And if you haven't taken the time to listen, I want you to come up, I want you to take communion, and I want you to take time right now to listen. Ben and the band will be playing. You'll have a chance just to stop and hear what this voice might be telling you that comes in the whisper. Maybe you are, you know you've been convicted, you know it's time for you to change, you're ready to change, and, and, and you know that there's issues that you have in your life you, that you're not measuring up, there's ways you've been selfish. I want you to confess that if it's that time. Confess that before God today, during communion time. That right now is the time that you start changing. Maybe uh, you're at a place where you know that there's someone who's down in the hole and, and that it's time for you to jump down in the hole with them and you're scared to death. You don't want to whisper to other people because that evangelism connotation is so difficult. I challenge you to pray for courage today because the truth of the matter is we are becoming something more. The truth of the matter is we're not trying to get people to believe this thing that, that we, we, we try to believe. It's that we are becoming something more. And this thing happens through Jesus Christ. It happens through a Jesus Christ who brings resurrection from death, who makes broken things new, and who gives each of us brand new life. And it happens through the whispers. Pray with me. God, I'm so thankful for your death and resurrection. I'm thankful for the mystery of today, this, this mystery that says I'm with you in, in spirit. It's a mystery that says I, I call you to growth. It's a mystery that says <laughs> you know, I'm, gonna, I, 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 I'm with you and I, I allow you to do more. We thank you for that. Lord, we, we ask for your grace as we uh, are afraid to change. Grace as we're afraid to do more. Graces, we're afraid to commit to be courageous. Lord, we pray that you would continue to call, that it would be an irresistible call, and that we would pay attention, that we would listen. We pray this in your name. Amen.